You know, I've heard that there's a, a lot of rumors of our death on on the internet. The rumors of our death are greatly exaggerated. I, I think that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe uh, entirely exaggerated. <laughs> Both in terms of this podcast and in terms of our actual well-being. <laughs> hopefully. Um, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, we did, we did just post an episode recently, and now we're recording this, and we're going to be recording another one soon that's going to come out before this. So the podcast is going to be somewhat regular for, like, a couple episodes, possibly. What? I know. <laughs> we'll see about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought this one was going to come first, though. Oh, is it? I don't know. I don't remember what we decided. <laughs> Yeah, probably. No, you're right. This one's going to come first. Yeah. Okay. Right. That's that's the whole reason we're recording it now, because it's topical. Topical. <laughs> topical. Man, imagine us being relevant. Isn't it strange? A little bit. Usually we have no <laughs> idea what's going on in the community. Like, they have all these, like, monkey leagues and chunky leagues and uh, cubing at homes that I don't really care about. And, uh... I don't know, I was trying to think of a joke, cubing it, like, Sherlock Holmes or something, but, uh... <clears throat> cubing at Monkey League? Monkey, monkeying around at home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cool, so this is Layer by Layer, yeah. <laughs> a podcast that's sometimes about cubing, sometimes about... Monkeys. Monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> um, and today is Saturday, March 7th, 2021. If you would like to, you may discuss this show on the Reddit at reddit.com on Twitter, at reddit.com. Have we made this joke before? I feel like I have. Yeah, you know, and I, 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 I think you also made the joke that today is a Saturday. Is today not Saturday? Oh, it's Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good one, though. I, I laughed internally. <laughs> hey, it's Sunday, everybody. Welcome back. <laughs> There's also a speed-solving thread and stuff for discussing the show, which we didn't even have to bump with the new episode. Somebody did that for us. Oh, that's nice. I know. I love it when people do our jobs I, for us. Yeah, I forgot to do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I totally forgot that today is Sunday and not Saturday. It felt like I did nothing yesterday, so I guess I discounted the day in my head. All the days just kind of run together anyways. Oh, and our logo was made by a very cool person. Her name is Sarah Olson. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Speaking speaking of monkeys, though. Yeah. What is? Did you um? Did you ever? Did you ever see that picture that showed like all of the bananas from like green to brown, and they were like numbered, and you had to pick what your like favorite banana was? Yeah, I've seen that. You've seen that. What, what, I think what, so. What What is your stance on the best banana? Oh, I. Should I pull it up and find the numbers? Uh, maybe. Banana scale. Banana oh, for it. scale? I, that actually worked. I just Googled banana scale. Yeah. Are you looking at the one that goes 1 through uh, 15? Oh, no. I'm looking at 1 through 7. Oh, 1 through 7 is fine. Okay. I see that one. On 1 through 7. Oh, but it, it depends on which 1 through 7 scale you're looking at because I see like multiple. Is Are you looking at uh, one from Spoon University? All right, I'll look at that one. Spoon okay. University. I'd say I'm like three to four on the Spoon University three to scale. Four. Yeah, I'm probably like a one point three. Oh, really? Yeah, that's very strange to me. Yeah, it's strange to most people. 
I think it has something to you do. You can't with... even like break them in half at that point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, the, the, in this picture, like usually I'm like as green as possible, but even that one is a bit green for me. Like that one, mm-hmm. I'm, I I would look at that one and be like, I don't even know if I can peel that thing. Yeah, like <laughs> so. But so I, my my judge of a banana's ripe, ripeness is if I can break it in half by just like holding the two ends of it and you know snapping it. Mm. Um, learned that from a Vsauce video. Got it. You can just snap a banana right in half. Very easy to peel them. Yeah, I think for me it has to do with something along the lines that like all the baby food I ate was banana flavored, and mm. like I my opinion is that um, like when you get banana flavored things, they taste like unripened bananas. What? I I don't agree with that at all. I feel like they. They taste like very ripe bananas. If oh, anything. I disagree. I, I think ripened bananas don't even taste like bananas anymore. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, it's like once once a, when a banana hits like four on this scale, it is not like it doesn't even taste like a banana to me. That's so strange. So, you know, you know that a banana flavored like candy and stuff is based off of a breed of bananas that doesn't really even exist anymore. Really? Yeah, oh, is, oh, I um, feel like I've seen stuff about this. Yeah, yeah, there was some kind of I don't know banana disease or something that made it go extinct. Um, <laughs> and and they were a lot sweeter than the bananas we have now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which yeah, is I, why I, I find it strange this. that you find find that things taste like unripe bananas because unripe bananas aren't as sweet. Yeah, but they, like when when bananas ripen to me, they, they they like when they get like mushy and lose that like starchiness to them. I feel like I can't. It, it just feels like I'm eating like tasteless white filth (laughs) like bananas taste like something when they're like when they're green um that's i i don't know how to process this information but yeah i have unpopular um, (laughs) opinions about bananas i've been told this many times it's very strange but um hey that works i guess it works for you um (laughs) this episode of monkey league (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by the layer let by layer podcast <laughs> uh, what what are we even <laughs> let's talk about something else okay. um <laughs> so <laughs> i don't think there's much follow-up because the other last episode hasn't been out yet uh for very long so uh, I don't know. There's been some feedback on it, but I don't think there's anything we need to talk about. So yeah. we can move through follow up. Mostly a lot of discussion about FMC duels, which is very difficult to do over a podcast. Wait, there's discussion about FMC duels where? In our layer by layer subreddit. Really? Yes. In the subreddit. Our subreddit, you know, dot com, the internet slash uh-huh, layer yeah. dot layer by. Oh. Okay, I saw the start of this thread, but I haven't seen anything since like the very first post in it, so I oh. didn't see all the discussion going into a uh, FMC duel. Oh yeah, it, it it was kind of funny because like uh, basically um, two of our commenters, Nathan Scott ninety seven and You Shall Not Pass, basically reinvented FMC duel. <laughs> Um, nice. Just with it already existing for like the past decade, which is kind of cool that like they kind of basically discussed almost the exact rules as to how people do it. Hmm. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is really fun. I've actually thought it'd be really cool to do with like Bluetooth cubes being a lot more common now to do like a um, head to head tournament on like on a Twitch live stream where people use Bluetooth cubes and like you could see their cube live. Yeah. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. 
Like, because I, I think one of the biggest problems with cubing in terms of being a spectator event is it's just so hard to follow what's going on. Everything happens really fast. And like in that time in which people are solving cubes, unless you're like literally in their face, you have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, it's hard to see it. Yeah. Um, I think that like the best spectator event um, in the WCA at a high level is probably four by four or five by five. I think it's multi-blind. That too, that too. I think Except for the memo part, but like... Yeah. <laughs> I think that there's a lot of potential to make multi-blind a spectator-friendly event that we just haven't explored. Yeah, it's it's kind of awkward because it's the event where you least want spectators because of the concentration. But, right, uh... yeah. I mean, so, you know, this, this sounds like a fun topic, so we're just going to make this one up on the fly anyways. I've All been, right. <laughs> so before the pandemic hit, I actually had plans to do like a blindfolded championship competition in the U.S., and one of the cool things I wanted to do, so basically, like, all the events were just going to be the four blind events, and there'd be as many rounds of them as possible. I was going to try to, like, you know, make it at a good time and place for people that are, like, high level and blind right now, just to, like, attract as many people as possible to go to this sort of thing. My plan was to have a bunch of rounds of this, um, but one of what I was planning to do with multi-blind is there would be, like, you know, the qualifier multi-blind rounds where we do, like, a best of three um first round but then a best of one final round and in the final round what i was planning to do was there were basically i was gonna have six competitors um these six competitors would start uh 10 to 15 minutes apart from each other and also this competition would have two rooms there would be like a spectator room and then a competition room and the spectator room there would be my plan was to have like this whole thing live streamed at least the final day live streamed and in the spectator room, people could, like, hang out and also watch what was going on in the competition room without interfering or making noise or anything like that. Oh, so, the, like, you're watching on the screens or something? Exactly, yeah. That'd be cool. It would be cool to also be able to, like, go in the room and watch in person, but have the spectator rooms that, like, you can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I feel like, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't know. I'm not sure how I was planning to manage that, but my general thought was that, like, it, we that the by having the spectator room that people wouldn't need to go in in person and that like the the comp like the competing room would be like a small room that has just enough room for actual competition but mm. anyways um yeah the uh so if i did that it'd be difficult to regulate who could go into the room to watch anyway yeah, so yeah I don't, I don't know i feel like it would be maybe better to have it so that you can go into the room you just have to be completely silent while you're in there and this other room is the place for social socialization yeah. and stuff yeah it would depend on how much space i have but yeah um anyways the whole idea would be that by starting everyone like 10 to 15 minutes apart um you would always have at least once you make it like 40 minutes or so into the attempt, you would start to have at least one person executing at all times. Mm -hmm. And my, what I was hoping to do is have like a live scoreboard going on the right side, like on the stream where you can yep. see everyone's times live and their completed cubes out of attempted cubes thus far. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and so you could kind of see like wh how well people are doing relative to each other, like have people keep track of that sort of thing. It would definitely take a lot of effort and I'd feel like I need like a judge to be watching each attempt like live. And I don't know, I would have to figure out how to like do the technology right so that it would like display all the stuff live. But in theory, I feel like that would make multi-blind like an awesome spectator event. 
it would also be like i feel like blind events in general are the events that would be coolest to like have in a more public setting uh, yeah because they're so impressive mm-hmm. yeah the trick is like balancing the environment that the competitors need versus the environment the spectators would want yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that's why i feel like having like a spectator room it, that is like watching it live like on a on a vid like a well like a well done video feed mm-hmm. would allow like spectators to get like you know talk about everything as much as they want get excited cheer and all that and then competitors elsewhere would have a quiet environment where they wouldn't get bothered by that yeah i like the idea yeah uh it'd be very interesting to see what you can do with that at some point yeah because i feel like that um that's the big biggest thing missing from blind events is that like when they happen at competitions like nobody can get excited about those events like they can about typical speed events right yeah um but if you give an environment where people can get excited about it i feel like it'd be pretty cool so anyway here's wonderwall uh hey we've got something to talk about big 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 topic for the show big topics um so this is the whole reason we're doing this show. Yeah, because we have something <laughs> relevant to talk about. Incredible. Yeah. There has been a new uh, speed stacks timer that got announced, and there's a lot of controversy surrounding it. But most of the controversy is like actually quite irrelevant to cubers. <laughs> okay, I wasn't aware of the controversy. <laughs> yeah, well, I I've watched I watched like a couple of videos like introducing this thing and that's all i know about it i haven't really seen that much discussion i have my own thoughts but i don't know what Mm -hmm. other people think about this (laughs) right (sighs) yeah it's it's um uh, it's definitely a weird situation because the the timer for at least for stackers it's a very weird situation like i mean can you imagine in if the wca were to just suddenly decide that um like Oh yeah, we're gonna eliminate the fifteen second inspection period in all events, uh, like all speed events. Inspection is gone uh, because times are now gonna be worse than they were before. We're gonna reset everybody's records. Right. Okay. Yeah, I saw that they were like, we're gonna have legacy world records and legacy results. Yep. But, but they're, yeah. <laughs> Basically, because the new timers, we, we should probably talk about what exactly they do for everyone who doesn't right. know. But basically, um, that's the equivalent of what just yeah. happened in the speed yeah, stacks community. Like, because because of the new timer, we're, which is going to presumably make times a bit worse, mm-hmm. we're going to reset everything, is what they said. Basically, yes. And that is weird. It's, it, it's really weird. I, I mean, oh, God. It's just... It seems reasonable to me, though. <laughs> being removed from the situation <laughs> yeah but this and like this is the whole problem of speed stacks in general like imagine if the wca was basically owned by gan or moyu or some cubing company mm-hmm. there would be so many conflicts of interest it would be crazy <laughs> yeah yeah um and like i i think the wssa has gotten to, to a point like that the record they've allowed the records to get so fast like, because in reality, this is a problem that they created themselves, quite frankly, in my opinion. Um, over the years, Speedstacks, like, um, has basically announced rule changes that, because, um, th- th- you know, speed stacking is a very arbitrary thing. Like, you know, you're supposed to stack cup 
certain way, down stack cup certain way. And, yeah, yeah. you know, they introduce rules about what you can and can't do. Um, like, one o- really old rule, like, over ten years ago, is that, like, when you do, I think, the down stack on the big, on the last, like, ten cup thing, you were supposed to tap the top of your cups against the table. Like, I didn't even so know that like, was... turn over to the whole cup? Well, yeah, the cups, like, you were supposed to use those, I think, like, and... and if anyone here is is or was a stacker, because I know a lot of cubers came from stacking, please feel free to correct me in the our comments. Um, but for, there was some point in the stack for sure. I know this is true that you had to like take the two cups that were used for down stacking, and then like tap them on like the closed side of the cup against the table. Okay. Yeah. And that, then that, down that's. Stack. They don't do that anymore, though. No, they eliminated it because... Um, That's a huge difference in time, right? Like, you have to flip over the whole cup. Right, yeah, and it was like, yeah, because you had you had to flip it over anyways, but you had to, like, flip it over and make it touch the table and then down stack. And it, mm-hmm. basically, like, what they call a DNF in stacking is a scratch. And right. basically because this, this event is just magic, you know, stackers were finding <laughs> any way they could to, you know, cut their times down as much as possible to the point where, like... Um, especially at competitions, like the mentality from what I've understood of stackers at competitions is if you're going to enough competitions, you don't care if you get scratches for all your solves as long as you are going for the fastest possible time. Yeah, that makes sense. It's like you're shooting for world records, right? Like, right. As long as like if there's nothing else at stake in the competition, then there's no reason to go safe. Yeah, and, you know, in most local events, like, which is kind of different, like, because I feel like even at cubing competitions, like, in three blind, for example, where there's a high DNF rate, you know, most high level, like, three blinders are going to try to go for a competition win, too. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I think there are some people that don't care about competition wins, too. Um, But I do think that... um, that, like, there's so many high-level competitors at cup stacking competitions that will just scratch out of every event and are like, I don't care because I went for a record. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think the only the only real, real uh, like, parallel we have, like you were saying, is blind events. Yeah, but even then, top-level blinders rarely triple DNF out. Yeah, like, they'll usually, like, they might do it on two solves, but then on the third one, they're like, all right, fine, I'll do a safety. Yeah, or even if they don't do a safety, I feel like there's still, like, a mental, like, idea of, like, I really don't want to leave with a triple DNF. Like, yeah, there's a different I I guess having multiple rounds helps with that as well. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's part of it, too, is, like, you know, you don't want to, you'd rather safety this one so you don't miss out on three more attempts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is fair. Yeah, and and like, and then that just doesn't apply to other events, like. Yeah. In general, going as fast as you can is also just going to be the best strategy most of the time. <laughs> like, right. it doesn't really increase your DNF rate. Right, right. But like, um, speed stacks, WSSA, they're the same thing. Uh, there should be no distinction between the two, but they are there. There is. Um, they have basically dug a, this hole for themselves because basically over the time, to- like, there was this video in 2010 where they like changed a bunch of rules and. Basically, the whole video was like, we've been noticing that stackers were getting scratched for rule XYZ. Guess what? Rule XYZ is gone. Ah. <laughs> so it's like and rather rather than, rather than, I don't know, like the, the idea, they're, they're being too permissive. They're trying, to, they're permitting like edge case things and then right. that just pushes the edges further. Yeah. It, it's, so basically, yeah, they basically like every edge case as time goes on, they keep pushing the edges and 
here's the thing. Stackers, this is popular with them. They can get faster. Like, the mentality among stackers is, like, if I can do it faster, great. Yeah. Um, The problem is, is that, like, the more they started pushing these edge cases, the harder and harder it became to judge. Um, Because part of the reason why they are introducing this new timer, which has four pads, and it adds this idea of thumb pads to start and stop the timer... Yeah, we, we really should have led with that. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe we should have. Maybe, you know, let's time out. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let me just talk about all the features with this timer. So it's an ugly looking thing. I, I will admit that. It looks ugly. Uh, it uh, has four pads on it. So the standard two pads that we use to start and stop the timer, but then additional thumb pads on sort of like this, like a front part of the device that faces you and this is meant to basically make it so that you can't like wrist stop or do any like sketchy stops with the timer like you you can't be holding something while you stop the timer exactly because that's the biggest problem right now is that um apparently most people get scratched because they are still um well here's the thing they made basically a rule that like i think you could still be touching the cups as long as you were not like actively holding them Hmm. which is the most bizarre vague difficult rule to judge yeah and as a result it became really hard for them to determine this in videos and they basically just decided rather than like let people hold because like the next logical step in stacking is like well let's just let them hold it when it's over yeah (laughs) um because that's basically been their mentality as time has gone on is to like if people are scratching because of a rule remove the rule it'll let them get faster and then we have new records um i think they basically are like we made this sport get too fast by allowing the rules to keep getting looser and looser so we're gonna go the other way all in one big step and yeah so now the timer you have to have your thumbs on it yeah which which makes it seems good yeah like, it seems like if you want to enforce that you can't be touching the cubes you, or like can't be holding them and by cubes i mean cups uh, <laughs> uh then yeah that's a good way to do it yeah yeah it's just the the uh i mean the, the problem is just that yeah you've you literally have to wipe the record book which like i definitely feel bad for the people in that community but it's like this is a problem that that speed stacks themselves has created and Mm -hmm. i think it's somewhat partially the community's fault because it seems to me like the community's attitude toward times is not about being the best competitor regardless of how they are because i mean in cubing like people talk all the time about how like you know in our record times part like some percentage of our time is picking up and putting down the cube yeah and in stacking, they're trying to do everything they can to make your time purely just the stacking until now. Like, you could start with, like, your nearly your wrists. They don't Your hands don't have to be face down. You could almost be touching mm-hmm. the cups, basically. Like, <laughs> they really made it so that the timer was as unintrusive, like, uh, like, the timer had little to do with the actual event, which was cup stacking. Like, it's just a different right. mentality than cubing. I mean, that's arguably a good thing uh yeah but it's just difficult to verify (laughs) right yeah really difficult and i and like i mean from what i've seen like a a lot of the you know cup stackers are now like why don't you just add sky cameras to every station (laughs) and it's like and it's just really funny to see these sorts of comments of what stackers like demand out of you know organizers of their competitions like 
I can't imagine cubers being like, you know, if it's so hard to judge, you know, timer stops in cubing, why don't you just put a freaking camera on top of every station? <laughs> like, we barely even have cameras <laughs> at all at stations in the first yeah. place. Um, and it seems to me, too, that, like, uh, stackers have no idea because all the competitions are run by the, the company, not the community. Mm -hmm. uh there's no sense of like what it takes to organize a competition among the community members mm, that's interesting where in the cubing community many of like you know the prominent cubers have organized or been part of competitions and understand like the the work that goes into running a cubing event yeah yeah um and like we don't even review videos so i mean my from what I understand there's less solves like they don't process as many attempts as we do in cubing competitions within the comps but they do mm -hmm. a lot of work to review videos of the solves after the competitions and it's like the solution that's yeah the solution that stackers are proposing is like yeah double the amount of videos that you need to review mm -hmm. like that's just not reasonable <laughs> But hey, it's a company running it. Right. We can make companies. We can bully companies into doing things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. There's a very major difference between cup stacking and uh, cubing communities in that sense. In that, like, the WCA is a community-run organization, and community feedback really drives how the WCA runs for the most part. Yeah. Um. I say for the most part, mostly because I'm thinking about feet, but, um, <laughs> um, but for the, for the, on the whole community feedback is what drives the WCA. And that is 0% true with speed stacking. Like it might've appeared to be driven by community as they were like, they kept erasing rules over time, but all that did was just allow the records to get faster arbitrarily because the rules right, were and getting looser. And records getting faster is good for promoting speed stacking. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because if people are breaking new records, like that helps promote your event as being like, you know, highly competitive and there's more, you know, hype going around at their big events. So cup stackers are, you know, more likely to keep staying in the event because mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Um, whereas like with cubing, like we've had records going down, not because we keep changing the rules to make it easier on competitors, just because competitors are getting better. Yeah. 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 There've been a few rules changes, but like, I don't think any of them have made a huge difference. Like, you know, stickerless cubes being allowed and stuff. But like, I think we all recognize that that's such a minor thing that it was just more out of convenience than yeah, ex absolutely. anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, of course the regulations have changed over time, but like you know very few regulation changes are done because we're making things easier on competitors um it's usually because we're making things easier on organizers <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, like you know. yeah it's like it's like we realize like nobody is ever going to be able to abuse this rule so we don't need it <laughs> yeah that too right and let's just make it easier on everybody because we yeah. realize it's not going to you know prevent anything worthwhile and i think there's even still processes of that going on right now too with the current uh, regulations update that's coming out in a couple months so Ooh, that's exciting yeah. new content to talk about on a podcast content <laughs> uh yeah so, so this is all discussion about how this timer is going to be affecting stacking but it has some other features 
which are so for one thing the the four the four pad thing that is optional. You can put it in two pad mode and just use it like any other speed yes. stack timer we have now. Yeah, that is probably um, something is we should have how, mentioned before. Yeah, which is how <laughs> it will be used for cubing. Right. Uh, at least at first. I don't know. Maybe eventually someone will be convinced to use the thumb thing, which I don't think would affect cubing that much. Like it would take a little bit of practice to get used to using the timer, but that's pretty much how people approach it anyway. Yeah, it's it's um, kind of like your thumbs should be there anyways. <laughs> All, like your thumbs are likely to be in that position anyways in cubing and i feel like the only thing that's gonna hurt, like hurt cubing is just like it'll be easier to miss one of the thumb pads yeah so i personally wouldn't even mind if like that became a thing in cubing but mm-hmm. i think it's also fine how it is but yeah but I, I don't think that's the biggest relevant thing to cubing right the the most relevant feature this timer has to cubing is that the reset and power buttons now have to be pressed for half a second before they actually activate finally <laughs> i know this is the so so now it's like yeah it's like if if a timer turns off or something at the end of a solve now we know for sure that it's a timer failure not like nobody's gonna hold down the button by half a second accidentally <laughs> yeah I, and if if somebody is holding the button down for that long we know that it's their fault <laughs> like right yeah <laughs> um yeah <laughs> right so I, that's the biggest 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 advancement of this timer is just the fact that determining timer malfunctions is now going to be so much easier like yeah that's huge even if the the relative quality of these timers is no different than gen 4 and gen 4 let me tell you is an abysmal failure um like uh we will at (laughs) least now be able to tell whether it is a malfunction or it's an actual competitor reset yeah i remember like I remember the time all the the timers were like freaking out at this one competition. And on the way home, I was driving home with the uh, delegate Adam Walker. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. And we were like convinced. Like I think I talked about this on the podcast, but we were like we were talking about, it and we like became convinced that like all of the timers had been broken the entire time at the competition, and like we would have to invalidate everything. But oh, then he just yeah. tested, it and it was like, oh no, okay, these are fine except for the ones that we caught. But it was like, yeah, <laughs> like the problems were so bad that we were like, what if this was just affecting everything? <laughs> yeah, like what if they're not even timing things accurately? <laughs> yeah. Like- <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so if you're not aware, Gen, fo- Gen 4 timers are affected by static. <laughs> it's so bad. It's incredible. Like, um, so one thing that we found out, because um, especially when you're in, like, in the Northwest, if you're on the east side of the Cascades, it's a very dry climate there. Mm-hmm. Um, and dry climates make static, you know, much more uh, prominent. So... Uh, whenever Caleb would delegate comps with his new equipment that was all Gen 4 stuff, um, he found that when whenever timers were plugged into displays, they were so much more likely to reset. Right. And yeah. something about the electric current going through the audio cord to, like, per, to turn on the displays was making it prone to static discharge, which is like, <laughs> yep. how are you making timers that are so prone to static why is there no grounding or anything going on in there (laughs) like holy crap how is this so bad um because they were having literally resets you know like multiple resets just within a given group of a competition yeah i've had that happen at comps before (laughs) yeah it sounds very similar to the situation you had with adam too yeah pretty much i think i think it was like yeah it was the the exact same thing going yeah. on but yeah we had to like swap out like half of our timers yeah but caleb basically found as soon as um you know they unplugged the displays they worked fine yep we found that as well yep so 
what what the heck speed stacks like <laughs> hopefully that's fixed yeah they didn't say anything about it explicitly <laughs> it didn't but i sure hope they because it, it seems like a quality control issue like i have gen fours that from the early stages of the cycle and they've never had issues with being plugged into displays but i did buy two new ones and those i've just stopped using in comp because they were having issues with displays <laughs> or i use them for like the blind room only yeah yeah so um I'm I'm excited to try out the Gen 5 timer. I hope it doesn't have the same quality control issues that Gen 4 mm-hmm. had. That was disgusting. Um, <laughs> so some of the other uh, features, we talked about the switching between 4-pad and 2-pad mode. Um, I'm a little afraid of this feature, the way it's done. Basically, to switch between the two modes, you have to hold the reset button for uh, for 5 seconds. Yeah, I was a little bit skeptical about that because it's like, what if somebody's just trying to reset it and they accidentally swap the mode? Yeah, I mean, five seconds is a long time. But yeah, I can. I can. I, see, I feel like, like it's a big enough. I can difference. see a. I could see a judge spacing out and just like <laughs> you know, like resetting the time, pushing the button down, looking off into the distance, being like, "What's that ten by ten over there?" <laughs> and then finally releasing the reset button uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like i could totally see that happening um thankfully one of the features it does have is that um if two pad mode is working the timer basically will start flickering the time after it's over okay so it basically is going to turn on and off the signal to the display if it's on two pad mode so if you're going to be at a competition in the future with all gen 5 timers um you're going to see all the displays flickering with final result times that's kind of cool i like that yeah i actually (laughs) i I assume that's that they can like differentiate at speed stacking competitions and like they'll be like oh that's an invalid time exactly yeah they'll know right away if it's an invalid time because the time will flicker at the end so that nice. to, help, okay. to help prevent like speed stackers from like co- covertly like switching to two pad mode on them. Yeah. So here's here's something else that might make it that this two pad switching thing isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. If the timer doesn't start with in four pad mode, if you don't have all four touching, mm-hmm. then like there's a good chance that you just we will never start the timer if it's in four pad mode. That is true. Is, yeah. Which is still maybe disruptive. Like it might mess you up and like. I don't know. You have to do. Yeah, a, we're probably gonna have to get scramble or something. I imagine but, that at some point I will have to give an extra because it got switched to four pad mode. Yeah, like it's inevitable. But I feel like most likely you're gonna catch it before the attempt rather than after, unless right. I don't know. Maybe you're. I, I like it's hard to say without actually having a timer here because I can't tell if like you know my thumbs rest naturally on those pads or anything. But. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm. I'm personally excited to try to get one in, into my hands just to so understand how the thing works and if mm-hmm. it works well. <laughs> but I think that's. I, I, I think that the four pad mode is going to be an issue, but I don't think it's going to be a huge issue. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. One of the other really nice quality of life features, because one of the problems we always had in competitions with Gen 3 and Gen 4 timers is that the display wire was prominently present in front of it and, you know, would get yeah. slammed by hands when people would try to stop the timer. Uh, and over time, like that would result in the actual thing cord like bending down and snapping the little port inside of the the timer. Mm-hmm. I've definitely had like three or four timers that like they still work fine, but like the display port is just broken from like just slamming hand slamming down on the timer. And what they've done is they've now made a cavity underneath the timer that the display port plugs into, like so that. Uh, the wire then like feeds out 
from underneath the time, like from underneath the timers, so that like there's just a wire coming out, no, um, like no plug that is visible, uh, which is great for yeah, just wear and tear. Like they're not gonna, the, the ports are not gonna get damaged near as much if at all, and also just should be a lot less like tripping and yanking the cord out. <laughs> because that happens all the time from clumsy competitors yeah i hope it's not like i hope that this actually kind of fixes the problem of like bad connections because it would be really annoying to have to pick up the timer flip it over and like fiddle with it every time yeah and i almost wonder if by putting it underneath if it makes like the static issue even if they are static prone if that makes the static issue go away just because like that Mm. port is now not prominently visible yeah, maybe just by moving it around even. Yeah, like I wonder if that will actually on its own, even if they don't fix it like with the components, if just putting it underneath fixes the issue because it's not like visibly present. Yeah, totally possible. Yeah. So maybe that's the dummy solution around making <laughs> the solution of just making better electronics. Right. I mean, hey, it works. <laughs> if they can make them cheaper, it's kind of, I'm, well, I guess it's okay. seems like it's going to be more expensive than a typical timer. Right. So, oops. Yes, no, it's going to be expensive. You know it's going to be expensive. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when you hold a patent. Yep. Are there other features? I guess the last feature is how it connects to the mat. Yeah, it, th- th- this is, you know, more evidence of, you know, Speedstacks being a money-making m- machine. Um, but they are... Uh, making new mats for everything instead of it's like Mm -hmm. going on and sliding on um they now just have it snap on to the knobs which like yeah i don't they kept talking about how it was a problem with mats sliding off and on which like i don't think was the biggest problem in the world but yeah it wasn't i wouldn't call it like i guess i would say this is an improvement Mm -hmm. i don't think it was a problem in the first place that such a problem that we should like not be able to use our old mats <laughs> yeah i mean to be fair i will say that like in terms of like being a delegate and judging timer resets there were a lot of timer resets that would happen because like sometimes like the mat or the the, the timer will slide over and be like locked into place but just not slid in all the way and that makes the timer like looser and will bounce around more um so i think it did cause more battery related resets Oh, uh, yeah, just from jostling them. Yeah, yeah. So I do think that, you know, it does solve a small problem, but uh, it was definitely not a huge problem. Was there anything else that's new about these things? Um, Those are the main four features they cite. Are they, you know, four pad, two pad mode, new mat, cord hidden, and the reset button feature. I have to say, though, in general, I'm really excited for these. Like, if assuming, like, that... Like, the the one that I try out, like, I feel like is working fine. I'm definitely replacing all my equipment with Gen 5s. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see how they, they perform. I think that for me personally, we kind of alluded to this before, um, but I really do think that, um, in theory, I would love the WCA to just switch to four-pad mode. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how you feel about that. I, I, I'll have to try it before I decide I agree. anything yes. like that. Uh, yeah, because I think part of it is like the thumb pads when you look at it are very thin, and it definitely seems like they could be easy to miss. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So if that's the case, then I wouldn't want to do it. But if they're like, if it's just like that's just where your thumbs end up anyway, then yeah, right. I could also imagine maybe there being problems with like varying hand sizes. 
Yeah, the thing is, the, the thumb pads are already really close to the hand pads, so it's like, if you're placing them in the right spot, I can't see it being that big of an issue. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I, I hope to try to, you know, like, do, like, a session of cubing or um, octahedroning uh, <laughs> when I do get one of these timers. Because <laughs> I want to see, like, how natural the four-pad mode does feel in the first place. But, I mean, assuming it feels natural, I think that in theory the WCA should just switch to it because it would make judging so much easier. Like, there's probably so many, like, timer start and stop infractions that go unnoticed at competitions, and using this mode would just eliminate that completely. Yeah, I agree. I think that in theory I would like it, but it really just depends on how it works in practice. Yep, yep. I agree with that. In practice, and also in practice, it's going to take forever for us to actually be able to switch to it, because we would need to replace so many timers worldwide. And, like, I think that, you know, on a small scale level, like, the U.S., I think most communities in the U.S., like, if they were told, hey, replace all your stuff with Gen 5, like, I don't think it would be a big deal. But getting these timers to places outside of the U.S. is more challenging just because Speedstacks is a worldwide company, but they don't have, you know, distributors everywhere. The prices mm-hmm. are, are not the same, so a lot of people just have to import their timers, and it costs more money. Also, the value of their currency relative to U.S. currency is different. Yeah, no. I, is there anything that has to, like, change in the WCA regulations to explicit, explicitly allow these? Like... Where where in the regulations does it define what timers are allowed to be used? Um, there is a section that like explicitly like allows like currently Gen two through Gen four timers to be allowed. So there will have to be a minor update to allow Gen five. There will be yes, but it would not take long to do that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the regulation right now. Ah, it's environment. So in Article seven, it defines what a stack mat is. Regular um, of the day. Reg of the day. Yeah, oh, we're back to regulation <laughs> of the day. Um, yeah, so it's basically um, the solving station is is has definitions, uh, and one of those definitions, 7F1A, is the stack mat, a speed specs timer, and a full-size compatible mat, generation 2, generation 3 pro timer, or and or generation 4 pro timer must be used for time measurement. They actually did say and or. I was really confused. They used or slash and. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, like, my mind just read, wanted to say and or, even though I read or and. <laughs> but that was weird. I don't know why they used or and. Can we, can we get, can we update that to change that? That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you should make a, a WCA forum post about switching or and to and or. Did they use Every, everywhere else in the regulations, it's and or. This is the only spot where it's or and. What? I just I did a control F. You're right. Yeah, there's four and ors and there's one or and. What about the guidelines? Uh, I don't know. How do you get to those? <laughs> I, I got it. There are three and ors and zero or ands. Yeah, so clearly this is the most pressing uh, discrepancy in the WCA regulations. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, you want to make a WCA forum post about this? I would love to. All right. You should do it. You got to get your right. contribution in somewhere. Yeah, I already made. I already right made now. one. I already made one contribution to the most recent regulation update. All right. Yeah. So you got to get yours in. Okay. I've never done this before. 
Uh, <laughs> well, it's on the WCA forum now for all like proposed changes instead of like GitHub issues, okay. which I think is I don't really even know nice. How to get to the forum. <laughs> you go to the WCA website uh-huh. and I'm there. then you click forum. There's a forum button at the top. At yeah. the top. Yeah. Uh Yeah, nope. you see like information, competitions, results, what? regulations. The top bar? There's I don't have that in my top bar. Where are you looking? Are you on the mobile? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see a WCA logo in the upper left of your screen? Yes, I see that. Do you see information to the right of it? Like the I, the little I logo. Yeah, and it says uh-huh. information next to it. Yeah. Okay, then to the right it says competitions. No. Well, I okay, so I don't see any words. You're you're saying there are words? Yeah. Oh, wait, what the heck? If I make the window wider, then it says the words. But I had it on a, like a slightly small oh, window that just had yep, symbols. Yep. Okay. Anyway, so okay. So, so there's a okay. So oh, with okay. The symbols, that thing says forum. Okay. I it said it just had like this chat symbol, and I didn't know that that meant forum. Yes, that means forum. <laughs> that doesn't that that symbol doesn't say forum to me. I don't know. That looks like yeah. an IM kind of thing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and when, uh, yes, okay, so when you have, like, the window covering, like, half of my monitor screen, like, if you're split screening it or something, yeah, Mm -hmm. it definitely will just cut all the words out. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, Should I make a forum post about that as well, that it's confusing to find the forum? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so what do I do? I go to, like, the WCA regulations thread? Yep. And And uh, then you make a proposal proposal all right okay okay hold on and i do a new topic in the proposals category yeah i'm not allowed to post a new topic what do you mean you're not allowed to post a new topic i can't press the new topic button are are you logged in yeah oh maybe you have to like post something else first like a reply yeah, like, I don't know if you have to, like, reply to things before it gives you the permission. Mm. That's kind of annoying. Hmm. Oh, wait, hold on. There it is. Only trust level one and above can publish in this category. By entering at least five topics, reading at least 30 posts, and spending a total of 10 minutes reading posts. Interesting. Yeah. All right, yeah, so I guess they, I'll they... post this in 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably good spam bot protection, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we'll, we're, we're going to work on getting that changed. Mm-hmm. Stupid or ands. What the that? <laughs> this is a productive I that's, podcast. That's a, I think that's a podcast title, or slash and. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> we talk about Gen 5 timers for like 40 minutes or something, and we get or slash and out of this. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man. I think, though, what boggles me the most, though, about speaking of, before we move on from timers, what boggles me the most is that, like, I see so many cubers that are upset about the Gen 5 timer announcement. Really? Yes. Because stackers are upset and kids are easily, like, just swayed by outrage and feel (laughs) part of something, I guess. I don't know. Like, or it's ugly or whatever. Like... (laughs) Like, if you're a cuber and a stacker, like, be outraged at this for being for being a stacker. But if you're just a cuber, like, this timer should be nothing but good news. Like, 
other than yeah. the fact that like maybe you're gonna get irritated about having to switch between like two mode and four mode like this timer is gonna work just the same if you're upset because it's more expensive because they put this two mode four mode thing in or whatever don't buy a new timer for yourself like if you have yeah. an existing stack mat or even like a chi mat or a moyu mat or gan's new uh mat or timer like they're gonna work just fine like they're basically the same in terms of how you use them in a competition right now until four pad mode is actually introduced in wca events which i think is a long time off given that generation two mats are still being used like you have nothing to worry about <laughs> like i don't understand any cubers who are upset with this timer other than it looks ugly maybe yeah i've just been i've, I've been uh clicking around the wca forums there's some talk here about second best solve of five for blindfolded yeah that's interesting yeah didn't we talk about that on this podcast at some we point? might have yeah yeah i mean we it's it's trying to come up with ways that you know make blind more uh like less luck dependent yeah or at least like how well you performed on the the best of the three you know, scrambles that, that would also kind of address the thing we were talking about earlier which is like there's less incentive to just go all out and because like mm. now you have to get it for two solves right and it's like if you're doing a really low success rate it's not gonna necessarily work as well yeah and, and the thing is too with you know top blind competitors like you just kind of have to go for the best like if there's going to be of the three scrambles it's very likely one of them is going to be like better than the other two and i mean one will be probably better than the other two somehow um, and it's somewhat likely that one will be significantly better than the other two. And mm -hmm. the winner of that round is going to be determined not by all three of the scrambles, but how will you perform on the best scramble? Yeah. Um, Sorry, I wasn't really listening. I was reading other posts. Oh. Uh, <laughs> trying to get that trust level up. I uh, see. <laughs> I trust you, Andrew. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, is one possible way to address that, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it, it's tough because you have to come up with a format that like doesn't use too many solves, doesn't become too um like DNF like high a high of a DNF probability, but also doesn't like change that. But like so like so that it doesn't change like the the attitude you have to take too drastically about blind. But at the same time, also is like easy to accomplish. I don't know. There's a lot of things you have to consider in like how you want to change the event to be more relevant in that sense. I don't know. We can always. I feel like there's a lot you can do with like like there's a lot of different interesting ideas with blind. Right. Um, it's, it's yeah. Event, it's the event that's kind of different in that like failure to succeed like failure to get any time at all is, is like a normal outcome yeah yeah it, it, it's like something that you could expect from a high level competitor yeah yeah which is rough it makes the event really tough as a high level competitor <laughs> that you know you could experience such high highs and such low lows yeah <laughs> it's like you're like if you dnf all your solves it's exactly the same as if you had never done blind in your life and you just like showed up at the competition knowing nothing yeah right 
uh, it's rare to, you know, like be able to like go to a competition, just get any success and then be able to say at the end of the round, hey, I beat the world record holder. Yep. <laughs> like no other event does that. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's one proposal, at least. <laughs> I don't think it's a perfect proposal, but I think it balances like not being too drastic of a shift in terms of like the success rate needed to get that result. Yeah. Um, while also making it a little like a little less luck dependent and also not increasing the number of attempts that needs to be done too much. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like we could keep best of three formats too. like, you know, if you don't are concerned about it in, in like an early round, we can keep best of three. Like nothing wrong with doing that in like a first right. round and yeah. then maybe shifting to a different format for like second rounds or something like that. I just feel, personally feel like introducing that format would make blind a lot more interesting. But what do I know? <laughs> no, I'm not a I'm not a high level blinder. <laughs> Nobody is really. really, except for the ones who are. Uh, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, remove keep clock thread. Yeah, there's a lot of remove slash keep threads. They're terrible. Um. <laughs> there should not be i i i'm personally of the opinion we shouldn't remove any event currently mm -hmm. like we should only add and come up with ways to make quote-unquote room used for comps during COVID 19 yeah that's a terrible thread too <laughs> I'm a, I, I'm, a, I'm like a moderator of this forum i'm just gonna tell you which threads are terrible uh, <laughs> uh yeah, one one of those threads post in like the early COVID days that was like we should use paper covers on timers so that germs don't spread. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's gonna help. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, now instead of having to just touch the the timers when you're solving, you just have to touch them to put on a paper sleeve. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. It didn't make any sense to me. Reconsider the use of the phrase WCA delegate. Yeah. <laughs> oh in the guidelines okay is this just is this is this just the like is this just like the rapid fire section of this podcast where we like <laughs> just go through wca forum topics discuss the idea for like 30 seconds and move on <laughs> rename the event three by three by three multi-blind that is a Use thread blind in the context of blind competitors hmm you keep going through between like very minor changes to like changes that make that would be drastic and make no sense. <laughs> Have you reached that trust level one yet? I don't know. How long has it been? I I, I can't tell how fast time is passing. I'm in a <laughs> I'm in like a fugue state of looking at weird proposals. Reasonable. Um, Let me see. I can just look at your profile. Um, trust level basic user. That's rude. <laughs> I wonder if I. Oh wait, see that is trust level one. That is that trust is trust level, level one. one. Yeah. So if I refresh the page, maybe I can get a new topic again. Probably, yeah. <gasps> it works. <laughs> okay. All right. Help help me format this so that it, uh, nobody gets mad at me. <laughs> I mean, should be fine. Our form has determined you're a human, so. Okay. <laughs> so, title, or slash and. 
Should I be more specific than that? Um, maybe consistency, like like uh, maybe maybe call it and slash or consistency or something okay. like that. Okay. Uh, and cite like seven whatever regulation it was. Okay. Yeah, actually, regulation. a good title might be and or consistency with seven F one A. Seven F one A. So this is regulation. 7F1A uses or slash and. Yes. <laughs> while the rest of the regulations and use, guidelines. And guidelines <laughs> use and slash or. What the heck? <laughs> maybe maybe cut the what the heck out there. Okay. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Seems uh, a little weird. All right, all right. What? Oh, actually, the well, heck, or slash and hell. <laughs> <laughs> um. So okay. Well, maybe this shouldn't be a WCA forum post. <laughs> Why not? Uh, I'm looking at the rules for the WCA regulations category, and they do say, "Please avoid the following: a regulation slash guideline typo." This isn't a typo. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This it's, is consi- this is clarity of reading. Uh, I guess I don't know. It's kind, it's it's kind of in between. For the sake of, I don't care if I get banned. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna t- actually. You know what? It, it, make the forum post because you know we can we can angle this as a me being a WAC member as an act like people being uh interested in the wca forum <laughs> because we're talking about on layer by layer and everyone yeah, want to go to the wca forum to see your thread that you created as part of this podcast agreed everybody go upvote this thread okay oh. <laughs> is vote manipulation allowed <laughs> um. i mean it doesn't do anything like we can get a bunch of people to like your post but that doesn't do much what if i than... include a link to colorful pockets at the end of this <laughs> Then that might be a little... Uh, By the way, also check out my YouTube channel. <laughs> Use the yeah. discount code POCKETS at thecubicle.us oh or .com, whatever it's called these days. Uh, <laughs> this is not a sponsored podcast, Andrew. Get your get your codes out of here. <laughs> For the sake... I, I need to... What, what else would this solve other than consistency? This is consistency and readability. For the sake of consistency or slash and read- readability, <laughs> I think this would be a good change. Yeah, you should keep that sentence. <laughs> I love it. <sighs> All right. But yeah, go love check out oh, love. Andrew. <laughs> yeah, go check out the WCA forum, everybody. In, I mean, in reality, the WCA forum is how we actually get involvement from the community. And this is where your voice is best heard. So if you actually do have reasonable ideas for the WCA um, that you feel <laughs> you need to propose, this is the place you should do it, not just like post it in your Facebook groups or Reddit. Like the WCA sees it on this forum. I'm so I'm so proud of this post. You got to go like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy love andrew (laughs) 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 
What a beautiful post. You you actually kept the love Andrew part <laughs> in too. Wow. <laughs> I just hope the uh, post there'll be a link up. in the show notes. Go go ke- go check out the forums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this this was a beautiful moment, Andrew. We literally had like a rapid fire discussion period and a forum post that came out of yep. it. <laughs> 